0: Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Matthew Betts and Matt Okada.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. This is one of your co-hosts for the evening, Matthew Betts, joined as always by Matt Okada, and Okada, it seems like we're saying this every week, but man, the season is flying by. We are officially on to week four.
0: How did you do in week three? Uh, much better, actually, than the previous couple weeks. I think I have five sleeper leagues, and I won in four of them. And uh, But I did get my first Scott Fishbowl loss, I believe. So it's a mixed bag, as per the usual. Also, in the one dynasty league that I'm pretty much trying to tank because my team is awful... I had Keenan Allen and Kyle Allen and won against one of the best teams in the league. In fact, I think you're in that league. I beat Jason. Is that the, the uh, Pros and Joes League? Yes. Yes, yes. it is.
1: Yeah, the uh, the K Allens went off yep. in week three. Uh, I actually played a DFS lineup, including both of them, nice. which was fantastic. Made a little bit of extra cash, so that was great. Um, but yeah, man, it, it's it's crazy. We are almost a quarter of the way through the fantasy football season which is nuts. But we've got a, a ton to get into tonight. So we're going to kind of get right into the meat of the episode here, get into the content. Before we do, friendly reminder, find us on all social media platforms at RedshirtsFFPod. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you name it, we are there. Uh, we love to interact with all of you. So please give us a follow, check out our content. We'll be posting you know, the, the podcast and obviously um, all of our articles and all that sort of stuff which speaking of, find all that on redshirtsfantasyfootball.com we've got a great buy low article from Jared Hernandez looking at some players that maybe have disappointed through the first few weeks but have better days ahead and that transitions perfectly into the first segment Betts' is big question so mm. for this for this season we'll be doing uh, a question that I'll put out on Twitter, try to get some votes from all of you just kind of seeing where everyone's at, where the community is at on certain players, uh, how things are going, all all that sort of stuff. So for this week, I asked, which disappointing player thus far has the most pressure to perform this week? I gave three options, and I said, you can comment below uh, others as well. So here are my three. Todd Gurley versus the Bucks, Stefan Diggs at the Bears. OJ Howard at the Rams. And then, of course, other comments included – uh, Devontae Adams people included um, Chris Carson after the fumbling issues so this had over f- over 500 votes. the vast majority almost 50% on Todd Gurley Okada what say you
0: um this is a tough one it's the immediate re- uh, kind of knee jerk for me is Todd Gurley because a he's the highest drafted of this group and we had the most expectations assuming health and f- For all, I mean, as far as our eyes can see, as far as my eyes can see, he seems healthy because when he gets the ball, he looks like old Todd Gurley's, for the most part. But for some reason, Sean McVay, and I can probably tell you the reason, has decided to mix it up between him and Malcolm Brown, which he's never done. And the simple fact, bets is that what works for the NFL doesn't necessarily work for fantasy and vice versa. And having a capable backup who can spell your elite number one running back or especially early in the season so that when they get to the playoffs, this time he's not a hot mess of injuries, makes perfect sense from an NFL standpoint and not perfect sense from a fantasy standpoint. So it sucks for us, but I don't necessarily see him changing. And then the other interesting thing about Todd Gurley in this matchup, bets is that when you think Buccaneers, you think a terrible defense, right? But they are actually the number one defense against running backs so far this season. And they've faced Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey. So, I don't know what those guys are doing out there in Tampa Bay. But it's working. I, I think that perfectly summarizes the season so far. <laughs> no
1: one saw that coming. As well as other things. Like the Terry McLaurin breakout, which he just can't stop scoring touchdowns. Um, or... OJ Howard being the tight end 28 through three weeks. I, I mean, there's a lot of things going wrong for for our projections so far. Uh, I think a lot of other analysts as well. But just to put some numbers on these guys, Todd Gurley, currently RB25. Stephon Diggs, who we're going to talk about later, wide mm. receiver 67.
0: <sighs>
1: and OJ Howard, tight end 28. So, yeah, disappointments. I agree. I, I think the pressure is on Gurley because of what we've seen so far and I mean I don't I, what I don't understand is why they aren't using him in the passing game because we talked about it in the offseason with the injury concerns that's the way you keep him healthy avoid those big hits avoid repetitive contact you know in, in the line of scrimmage and up the middle is get him out wide get him in the perimeter get him in space and let him do his thing but for whatever reason they just aren't using him in the screen game are you seeing anything when you're watching these games that's preventing them from doing that are you hearing anything out there in
0: LA as to why they aren't doing that? Because to me, it's it's truly a question mark. No, I mean, listen, they're 3-0. and And they've won some resounding victories. And like I said, it's working for them. So I don't think that it's a kind of situation where we're looking at them losing the Super Bowl and scoring three points after having an incredible offense all season and saying, why aren't you using Todd Gurley? That was a very different situation. This is... They're winning, they're scoring points, they're driving down the field, uh, Malcolm Brown is playing great, so there's not necessarily a reason if you're in Sean McVay's shoes and not us as fantasy owners, our shoes, to force the ball to Todd Gurley, and what I will say Betts is I think that of these three guys, I, he's probably my favorite by low on this list because he's still been a back and RB2 with this strange usage. And my guess is that as the season ramps up and he gets farther away from the mess of knee problems he had at the end of last year, I think he'll probably get a little bit more and a little bit more of the workload and kind of fledge back out into the Todd Gurley we're a little bit more used to. I don't necessarily think he'll be the number one overall that we have seen in the past, but of these three, he's the guy that I have the most expectations for, which to answer your original question means he's the guy who has the most pressure to perform
1: yeah and that's that's pretty much the analysis there from our writer uh jared hernandez as well on the site and he knows his article about buy lowing buying low excuse me on todd Gurley. so head on over check that out um let's go over and get into the news here okada before we do a quick reminder the jets and 49ers are on buy this week so if you have them on your roster uh it would be
0: very wise to not play them this week that's a lot of uh that's a lot of useful Browns fantasy players, or at least guys who were drafted to be that. So, yes. Thank you for the PSA. All right. I got great news, guys.
1: All right. Major news dropping right before we started recording this. Just so everyone knows, we were recording this on Wednesday night, and the news broke probably 10, 15 minutes before we started recording. Ian Rappaport coming out saying Melvin Gordon is planning to end his holdout, uh, which if you're listening to this, is today on Thursday. So apparently, again, this is all report. It could not happen. If it doesn't happen, then fast forward. But we're going to assume this is correct and that Melvin Gordon is reporting tomorrow on Thursday. Um, Major, major, major news here. Obviously, if Melvin Gordon wasn't holding out, we both would have had him as a top five running back in draft season. So this is massive. Uh, Okada, what does this do to the backfield situation there? Because uh, Austin Eckler has been absolutely fantastic for fantasy through three weeks. What are you
0: doing with that backfield? Oh boy. You do not have to tell me that twice, Betts, because I've ridden Austin Eckler in a couple leagues, including uh, another dynasty league that we're in together where I have Eckler and him 3-0 and my team is so good in that league that I'm projected with a 72% chance to win on Sleeper, which is a really fun way of seeing projected. by the way. I love Sleeper's little colored bar that shows that. Really fun. You guys should all like go play your, move your leagues to Sleeper uh, against another 3-0 and team. That's how good my team is. And now Austin Eckler is very likely going to lose a lot of that production. And when it boils down to it, my main answer, bets is I think that Melvin Gordon essentially comes right back to being what he was and and Eckler goes back to being what he was. Um, I don't see any reason why the Chargers would you know, go easy on Gordon or uh, give Eckler extra touches because he's performed well. We have watched this backfield for multiple years now, have extreme efficiency from Austin Eckler, and continue to feed Melvin Gordon anyways, and this now is the year where they pretty much know he's going to be gone next season uh, because obviously this holdout situation, they're they're not on the best of terms. So when his free agency comes up, it is most likely going to be the case that he moves on somewhere else. My, that would be my guess. And that means that from the Chargers standpoint, this is the season of all seasons to ride Gordon. So I am 100% uh, swinging all the fantasy value, not all the fantasy value because Eckler even had some value the last couple of years, but Pretty much the gigantic RB1 chunk of fantasy value over to Melvin Gordon. And Eckler slides back down to being a potential flex on bye weeks. Maybe a low-end RB2 in PPR if you you know win zero RB, something like that. But nowhere near what he's been for the first few weeks. Do you disagree?
1: It's tough because I think if you would have asked me this a few weeks ago and we would have said, okay, let's assume Melvin Gordon's back in week four uh, which I should preface this with saying he is not playing this week. So True. he will start playing in week five. But if you would have told me he's back within the first month of the season, I would have said, yeah, no question. Melvin Gordon comes in and takes control of the backfield again because of how good he's been in recent years. But man, Austin Eckler has been so good. I, the team has to use him in some capacity. But to your argument, you know, I, I definitely can see a situation where they say, we're not getting Melvin Gordon back on our roster in 2020. He's not a, uh, Uh, free agent, unrestricted free agent for next season. So like you said, that relationship is fractured. I I don't think that he resigns with the team, which to speak to that, I would say Austin Eckler is a fantastic buy in Dynasty right now. Uh, But I'm going to have you try to edit that out so you don't hear this because I'm going to (laughs) come after you for Austin Eckler in our Dynasty League. (laughs) Uh, I, I think he's the back of the future there in LA. So I like that as a buy low in Dynasty. But yeah, for this year, I agree. Obviously, a huge, huge, huge negative effect on on Eckler. I think he has RB two weeks, like you're saying. I think he's a flex option weekly because of his work in the passing game. But yeah, Melvin Gordon, for me, is going to be ranked inside my top 10 uh, every week moving forward. Next Ooh. piece of news here, Okada, let's get over into. Uh, Nick Van traded to the Steelers from the Seahawks, which this ties into a little bit of our injury news. So I might as well bring it up now. Vance McDonald dealing with a shoulder injury was seen in a sling. So, presumably, this is probably an AC joint issue. The team is coming out saying that he could play on Monday Night Football, but as of this recording, we don't have practice reports to look at. I would be shocked if, if Vance McDonald played on Monday Night. And even if he did, he will not be 100%, that's for sure. He could be looking at a multi week absence. But regardless, let's talk about what this does for Will Disley in the Seahawks offense. And then, of course, does this change at all for you in the Steelers' offense?
0: Uh, I'll answer the second part first, bets, because that one is way less interesting. I have no interest in Vanette in Pittsburgh or really Vance at this point, uh, except as a streaming tight end. But However, in Seattle, we're going to have to take a long, hard look at Will Disley. Oh, because e- yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we even shipped off Vanette... Disley had gone up each week in targets, had gone up each week in receptions, each week in receiving yards. He's had three touchdowns over the last two weeks. This is not a receiving core that is rife with uh, target uh, uh, ball pass catchers on in anywhere, pretty much. You've got Tyler Lockett and you got DK Metcalf, and neither of them are really our target hogs. So, Will Disley can 100% be a guy who gets six to seven targets. At the tight end position, which is really good. And even if he only gets four to five, if if there's a touchdown in there every other week or so, that's extremely, extremely valuable at the tight end position in fantasy. So he's probably going to be a guy who starts cracking my top ten on a weekly basis. And depending on how consistent we see his targets over the next couple weeks, he could probably slide into the tier of the kind of that mid tier of tight ends behind the, obviously the big guys who were, we're willing to comfortably start every week. Yeah, could not have said it better. I am going to talk about him a little bit more later. Uh, mm, spoiler alert. So
1: much foreshadowing but in this episode. just so you know, I have him as my tight end three on the week. Wow, wow, wow. I love him this week. We'll talk about it more in a few minutes. Uh, next piece of news here, we didn't really get a chance to talk about it because of our recording schedule, but Antonio Brown, released by the Patriots. I don't want to spend oh. a lot of time on this, Okada, but <laughs> is there any... Sort of analysis here. Are you buying AB cheaply in your dynasty league? Um, what do you think about the ancillary pieces there in New England, mostly with uh, Philip Dorsett? What are your thoughts there on the on the Patriots?
0: Yeah, every guy, every receiver on the Patriots takes a uh, small jump upwards from where they were for one week when AB was there. <laughs> um, good gracious, what a mess! Yeah, uh, yeah, all those guys become more valuable. Philip Dorsett, very. Sneaky reliable piece for the Patriots over the past uh, several games, going back into last season. So he's an interesting little uh, fantasy asset. As for AB and Dynasty, I guess bets if you if someone's willing to sell them to you for like a third round pick or even a late second round pick, they're just fed up with the situation. I might I might go out there and buy them. According to AB, he's going back to college and he's not going to play in the NFL anymore. But according to his agent, he still wants to play, and a few teams have expressed interest. Honestly, I'm going to go ahead and trust the stable-mindedness of Drew Rosenhaus over Antonio Brown. (laughs) Shocker. Yeah, and take a wild guess that he probably will play football again at some point. So that's my best guess there, but really it's just a a messy situation does not even come close to describing it. I seriously hope he enrolled in some
1: sort of English class. (laughs) His grammar oh, no. is not good at all. Oh, I don't my know gosh. if he's
0: ever heard of punctuation. No, I, I don't
1: think so. It's all one continuous run-on sentence <laughs> there with AB. But yeah, I agree. Philip Dorsett, um, massive, massive upgrade for him. I you know One little piece of news that we're not really going to spend much time on, uh, James Devlin, now on injured reserve. I think this Patriots team goes three-wide receiver heavy a lot moving forward. I think Philip Dorsett is definitely worth being rostered in every 10 and 12 team league out there. And especially if you're in a deeper league, 14, 16 team leagues, make sure he's not on the waiver wire because if he is, pick him up. Uh, last little piece of news here. Um, P. Carroll is saying that the team still believes in Chris Carson despite fumbling. Now, Okada, my recommendation for you is find someone that loves you the way Chris Carson loves fumbling. Because that is a match made in heaven. Uh, the guy cannot hold on the football three straight weeks fumbling. I mean, do you buy this? Are you worried about Chris Carson? What uh, what do we make of this quote unquote news with with the uh, affirmation of the team still believing in Chris Carson?
0: Um, this is really tough because Pete Carroll, it's nearly impossible to believe anything he says, especially if it's positive because everything every situation that he comments on, he comments positively. Um, what I will say is this, if there is a Patriots fan in your league who is used to Bill Belichick's view on fumbling and he has Chris Carson send out some offers because in that kind of a system or that kind of an organization or several other ones around the league, this kind of fumbling streak would probably get Chris Carson benched. I kind of think that the Seahawks are going to be okay with it. He has performed so well when he's not fumbling the ball over the last several weeks back into the last season that I feel like it's still worth it to run him out there. Also, if I'm not mistaken, bets Rashad Penny is dealing with a little bit of an injury. Yeah, suffered a hamstring strain in Friday's practice of last week and then missed the game. So we'll have to see mm. kind of how he progresses uh, throughout the week. Yeah, so that that just gives a little bit more flame, uh, flame to the fire? Gas to the fire? What's the phrase there? Uh, fuel to the fire is fuel what, it, what fire. I think you're looking for there. Thank you, <laughs> bets. That's why we keep you around. Um, <laughs> I'm not getting paid enough. No. Uh yeah. So I I am willing to continue starting him. I'm not I don't see a benching anytime in the near future. I'm going to believe Pete kind of for now. Um another little bit of foreshadowing.
1: We will talk about him more. Oh my goodness. Okada, let's get over into a couple of injury updates.
0: Doctor, doctor give me the news I got a Bad loving you. All right, bets. We're going to start off with no no other team but the Eagles, because that's your team. And oh my goodness gracious, are they a hot mess in the injury department. I think that potentially, during the off season, all of the Redskins team doctors switched over to Philadelphia. <laughs> it's not that far of a drive, I don't think. No, it's a short drive. And now, apparently, no one in Philly can stay healthy, so... The main names of concern are Dallas Goddard, Alshon Jeffrey, and Deshaun Jackson. Also on Thursday night, which is when they play, Jimmy Graham dealing with some stuff. So give us a quick rundown on all of those guys.
1: Yeah, Dallas Goddard and Alshon Jeffrey, both dealing with calf injuries, are going to play uh, tonight on Thursday night football. Deshaun Jackson is out. He is currently dealing with that groin uh, and abdominal strain. So. I think with an extra few days, I do think D-Jax does get back onto the field. Alshon Jeffrey remains a high injury risk because of the soft tissue injury. Dallas Goddard played last week, so I think he is good to go. And then last one there, like you said, for Thursday night, Jimmy Graham. Um, Man, he looks just absolutely broken out there. Has a groin strain and a quad strain, not to mention a finger injury. But somehow, and for some reason, he is going to play. Has not recorded a catch since week
0: one, so he should not be on your fantasy uh, radar or roster this week. Very fair. Uh, with this pass catcher situation in Philly, are you going to be okay starting Aglor again this week? I guess if you have to. If you don't have a better option, you certainly can.
1: I don't really feel great about it and certainly not as good as I did last week. So, For me, I think he's on my wide receiver three slash flex radar, uh, but I don't feel great about it. That Green Bay
0: secondary in defense is elite this year. All right, bets. We got to get another Cam Newton update. It seems every week some slight little thing is changing. Now it's a great performance by Kyle Allen, and it looks like another week without Newton.
1: Yeah, Kyle Allen. I mean, he allows the team to let Cam's foot heal, and that's really what the update is: is that he's out for Week Four already. The team has announced it. I think they announced it on Monday, and so uh, basically they're telling us well in advance that Cam Newton is nowhere close to being ready. News came out that this is a Liz Frank injury which is just a different term for a midfoot sprain. So this is not a new injury. This is not anything different that we need to analyze. Basically the same injury, aggravated. I think he's going to be out for at least three to four weeks. So if you've got Kyle Allen
0: in a deeper league, maybe as a, a QB2 in Superflex, he'll be around for quite a, quite a while. Uh, let me ask you this question, Betts, because this is important to all our Cam Newton's owner, owners out there who are trying to stash him until he comes back. How well does Kyle Allen have to play over the next couple of weeks For Cam Newton not to get the starting job when he's healthy.
1: I don't see a scenario where Kyle Allen actually maintains control of the starting job. I just think Cam's done too much for that franchise. He's been around for too long. Whether or not it's the right decision, that's a different conversation. But I think he's been there and he's done it. I think Cam is the guy
0: once he gets back. All right. I'm going to throw this out there because you've given one side and I'm just going to go ahead and give the other side. This is because you own Kyle Allen, isn't it? no but I do <laughs> I don't love it. I was gonna say I love Kyle Allen but I don't I don't even love Kyle Allen but if he beats the Texans in Houston this week and he plays really well I think the entire organization starts to think strong long and hard about keeping him as a starter North Turner's offense works a lot better with a guy who can pass and Kyle Allen can throw better than Cam Newton ever could and especially now when he his shoulder is a hot mess or his recovering from being a hot mess and his throwing motion is still a hot mess. And he's basically, I think from a throwing standpoint, fallen to the bottom five or 10 QBs in the league. If he beats the Texans and then he goes out and beats the Jaguars in week five and Cam's still not back by then. I think Kyle Allen keeps the job. I think the entire Panthers organization switches their mindset and, and their team philosophy and gets behind Kyle Allen and Cam is done. I would be shocked if that happened, but I, I mean, I think we all would. But it it
1: could, just It really it could. There. Kyle Allen's he was a great quarterback in college. Like he's got talent, he can play. So if the team comes out and starts winning, uh, it could happen. If they don't win, though, I'll, I'll say this: if they don't win, there's no reason to rush Cam back, right? So it might be. No. This kind of sounds silly. It might be beneficial for Kyle Allen to lose, so that the team can see what they have
0: in him for a longer period of time. <laughs> Uh, All right, let's hit on a few quick wide receivers that are dealing with some slight injuries from last week. Amari Cooper, Julian Edelman, T.Y. Hilton. Uh, What's the game status for these guys heading into week four? Yeah, Amari
1: Cooper, unfortunately, I don't have the details as of uh, Wednesday night, but news came out today that he was getting an MRI on his ankle. Unclear why or what's going on, but the beat reporters are saying it's, it's minor, it's precautionary. I didn't see anything in the game action on Sunday that would suggest that he got injured, but... Obviously, this, this could be something that's been flying under the radar for a little while, and now it's just causing enough uh, irritation to get an MRI. So look for that update. I'll be I'll be sure to update everyone kind of as the week goes on. And my injury preview article drops on Saturday mornings, which will include Amari Cooper. So look for that there. Julian Edelman is the next name on the list dealing with bruised ribs. Uh, he is going to be totally fine. He's a tough player. He'll play through it probably with an injection or a flak jacket on with the quarterbacks wear to try to provide some extra cushioning there. So I think he's good to go uh, for this
0: week. All righty. Let's, before we get to our starts of week bets, hit real quick on the incredible, awesome, exciting wonder of Trophy Smack. Oh, how much time do we have? Uh, I, let me look quickly, about 40 minutes.
1: Okay, here we go. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, TrophySmack.com is the place to go, our awesome sponsor. Uh, They are crushing it when it comes to any fantasy football trophies, rings, or belts that you need. And I just saw today on their Instagram, they came out with some fantasy baseball trophies. So if you listen to us and you play fantasy baseball, check that out as well. When you go to their website and you find what you need, which I guarantee you, you will, be sure to use the code REDSHIRTS when you check out and you will get a free ring. That's right. Free, which I love that price, uh, mm. with any purchase of a ring or belt. Check it out, trophysmack.com, code redshirts.
0: Yeah, uh, I believe Fantasy Baseball has just wrapped up or is wrapping up right now, Bets, I know literally nothing about it because I haven't played it in like 15 years, but I guess it's championship uh, time, so get your trophies. It is that time. <laughs> All right, enough baseball. Let's get to the starts of the week, Bets, Kick it off with the quarterback position. This is a fun one. We are taking uh, head-to-head, face-off quarterbacks here. So you can go first. Who are you taking for week four? I just scrolled down and saw this on the dock. This is
1: fantastic. Uh, we are going head-to-head. Daniel Jones versus Case Keenum. <laughs> That's our mm, starts of the week. Let's which, go. If you would have told me in August that we were going to say, if I was going to say that sentence, I would have said, you are a fool. <laughs> but here we are. Danny Dimes is my start of the week. Daniel Jones going to Washington to play the Redskins. And really what this comes down to is rushing upside for Daniel Jones, which he displayed last week in the win over the Bucks. Two rushing touchdowns on uh, 28 yards there, something that just adds a new dynamic to the offense. Eli Manning... Has been a statue in that uh, in that pocket for a few years now, and, and Daniel Jones truly does bring a new dynamic, which I think is going to be great for the receiving options there. Not only that, the passing defense of the Redskins is horrific. The first three weeks of the season, they played Carson Wentz, who finished as the QB eight. Week two, they played Dak Prescott, finished as the QB three, and then just on Monday Night Football. Mitch Trubisky, who looked horrible for the first two weeks of the season, lit him up for three touchdowns. So I think this is a All matchup. Of which went to Taylor Gabriel. To ta- yeah, exactly. Of course. Right? What the like, heck? Like everyone predicted. Yes. Uh, so this is a matchup that certainly doesn't scare you. You combine that with the fact that uh, the Giants' D is equally as bad. So I think there's a lot of points scored here. I love Daniel Jones in this matchup. I am starting him in our listener league as my QB2
0: nice well you just transitioned perfectly into my quarterback bets not that it was hard since they're in the same game uh but the Redskins uh who you just uh shamed their defense <laughs> I <did>. they're they're <laughs> they're allowing the fifth most fantasy points to quarterbacks this year can you tell me what team is allowing the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks this year let's go with the Giants I'm I'm gonna say you're right, Bets, and uh, the reason I'm gonna say that is because you are right. It is the Giants. Uh, they're the one of th- th- four teams allowing more fantasy points than the Redskins to the quarterback position, and uh, so basically what we're seeing here is a couple of probably I would say average quarterbacks. BT Dubs, the Tampa Bay defense, while it is good against running backs, still not really great against uh, quarterbacks. So. The Daniel Jones extravaganza we saw last week along with the two rushing touchdowns which was a strange mess. Don't get your head in a tizzy too much. I I'm still not fully bought in. But for this week I like it. But it's what Daniel for Jones. The other side of the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniel oh, okay. Jones. But for the other side of the ball, I like it even more. That's why I picked Case Keenum. He listen. He has been he had 5 giveaways against the Bears. It was a hot mess. He turned the ball over more times than I think he threw the ball. That's not entirely true, but it was really bad. Uh, but other than that, against the best defense probably in the league uh, over the last year, um, he was he has been very productive for fantasy, aside from those turnovers. Uh, one of the leaders in passing overall, and apparently he's got the best rookie wide receiver in the NFL in Terry McLaurin. Good gracious, that guy is lighting it up. He is absolutely killing it. Yeah, so this is this is a perfect meeting of our two quarterbacks' bets for the same reasons on both sides. It's two bad defenses, two teams that are going to have to throw. Uh, Saquon out. Adrian Peterson is Adrian Peterson. And it's going to be a, a nice, fun what, what fireworks show, just throwing the ball back and forth. So... I love both of these guys. I think both of them are probably QB ones for me this week, and uh, I'm willing to to roll them both out. Great, great picks by us. Go us. Go Giants, go Redskins. <laughs> <laughs> okay, me. I don't know about those last two things, but uh, it's <laughs> the quarterbacks, yes. Yeah, the defense is going to be so, so bad on Sunday. All right, let's swing over to the running back position, Betts. Uh, You can go first here because you. this is one of the foreshadowings that we provided up at the top of the show. Tell us your running back start of the week. Yes, I am giving fantasy
1: owners the confidence to continue to roll out Chris Carson in your lineup this week. Going up against Arizona on the road, we already talked about it. Pete Carroll coming out saying the team still has confidence in him. And I, I believe that. I truly do. Pete Carroll is someone that, like you said, is probably the most optimistic person in this entire world. Uh, not an understatement when it comes to injuries. He also likes to you know give his players a second chance or, in Chris Carson's case, a third chance to really recover from this fumbling issue. And I think this is honestly more of a fluke than not because in college, he was not known for his fumbling. So he hasn't had many issues with it in his first couple of years in in the NFL. So I think it's a bad stretch of games for Chris Carson. I think he does shake it this week with a matchup that is uh, certainly not scary on paper with the Cardinals defense. The other thing is, like you said, Rashad Penny dealing with that hamstring strain. So who knows how severe it is? Obviously, it was enough for him to miss last week. If he's less than 100% this week, even if they're worried about Chris Carson and his fumbling issues, they don't really have a choice. They they have to go to him if Penny can't be out there. So I think it's still Chris Carson's backfield. I think he gets one more shot to really prove himself here. But if it happens again this week, then I certainly will be very, very worried about Chris Carson. So Chris Carson, if you're listening, please do not prove me wrong because I'm starting (laughs) you in two leagues.
0: Oh boy. Well, uh, our starts of the week have been pretty solid these last couple of weeks, but so I feel confident that Carson will come through for you. Um, I also think that you will feel confident in my start of the week because I'm getting on board with a guy you've been touting for a while now. Not not at all because he's on your team, no bias. Absolutely not. But My- Miles Sanders of the Philadelphia Eagles going up against the Green Bay Packers on Thursday night. So tonight, if you're listening to this on Thursday, which hopefully you are, I am saying put him in your lineups. I have been poo-pooing Miles Sanders since the draft pretty much because I did not have faith that Doug Peterson would roll him out there as the primary guy, especially early in the season. And pretty much that's what we've seen. Um, he's not been used as much as we would like. Jordan Howard's gotten a lot of the goal line work. Darren Sproles has been peppered in every once in a while, but he has had uh, he had 13 carries last week and took it for 53 yards. That was his best week in both of those categories against Detroit, who's a decent run defense. And more importantly, he is being he's very productive in the passing game. He has been productive in the passing game, four targets each of the last two weeks. Last week, obviously, he broke off two big ones for 73 yards uh, through the air. So, sadly, Bets, I'm sorry to say this, but the Eagles are going to lose this game to the Packers. Yeah, they are. Yeah. The Packers, <laughs> as, I, as you may, all may remember or may not, the Packers, I predicted to be in the Super Bowl this year. They're living up to that expectation. Their defense has been extremely good, but... It's mostly been extremely good against the pass, and where it's kind of struggled, especially against the running back position, is through the air to the running back position, which is an odd little mix of things. But Philip Lindsay, Dalvin Cook, Tariq Cohen all had 35-plus yards receiving. Uh, Cohen had eight catches for 49. Uh, That was week one when the Bears got trounced. So I think that the one place that potentially the Eagles are going to have some hope in beating this defense is dump-offs uh, to Miles Sanders. And I think that he will get probably his his season and therefore career-high in targets and catches. And I think that, that, especially in a PPR league, will up his value enough that even if he loses that goal-line touch to Jordan Howard, even if he does lose a few touches to Darren Sproles throughout this game, which he probably will— I think that he'll be on the field a little bit more than he has the past few weeks. His snap count goes up, means touches goes up, means fantasy points goes up. So I am gonna run roll him out there as an RB two this week. Just curious, have you done your rankings for the week? Um yes, preliminarily. I may or may not make some slight adjustments. Where do you have Sanders at right now? Oh boy. Oh boy. Put me on the spot. Yeah. Dude, you Old, gotta know it's coming? Uh
1: nineteen. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so you're definitely you're confident on him. I'm I'm not. I've got him as my RB31 this week. Oh! The main reason is first off, side side note, tangent. What was that face mask call that was missed on the kick return oh against my Miles Sanders? Gosh. The dude almost that ripped was his head horrible. off. And it didn't get called. Which brings me to yeah. my point. Your starting running back shouldn't be returning kickoffs. And I think that tells you what the mm. team sees in Miles Sanders. I I think it's coming eventually. I think each week is going to get a little bit more, like you are saying, a little bit more in terms of his snap counts, his touches, but I just don't think it's it's there yet. So I'm not quite as confident in Miles Sanders this week. I've got him as a, a flex play, an, an RB3,
0: um, but certainly not as bullish on you this week for Sanders. Man, I feel like every time I finally get on board with one of your guys' bets, you jump off the train and leave me all alone. <laughs> what is going Psych! on here? Uh, All right, let's swing over over to the wide receiver position. Now, I don't even know how to intro this segment of the show bets because you put two receivers on the show doc and I liked what you picked in a strange way and so I put a very similar two receivers because I don't know what's happening. So you you tell me what you're going to do and then I'll tell you what I'm going to do based off that.
1: Well, why don't we both do the first guy and then we can talk in unison about uh, our boy Mike I Williams like at the end. That sounds good. Dual
0: starts of the week.
1: Yes. Uh, so I, I really was torn on both these guys, and actually, this is a decision I have to make. So I'm hopeful you can hopefully you can give me some uh, some pointers here in my main dynasty league. But my first start of the week at the wide receiver position is Marquez valdez Scantlin oh, out there Marquez. in Green Bay, which. By the way, is this officially like a Thursday Night Football preview show? I think it is. Yes, apparently. Apparently. Uh, And it pains me to say this, but you have to attack the Eagles secondary because they are giving it up to everyone every week in that secondary. Um, The team is just absolutely obliterated with injury as well. They've got Ronald Darby now. Their starting top cornerback was coming off of an ACL injury from last year, now dealing with the hamstring strain. So he is out for Thursday Night Football um, which basically gives Devonta Adams even, an even better matchup, gives Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and Geronimo Allison great matchups. Uh, the team is basically basically Swiss cheese when it comes to the secondary. Ah. And the, the matchup that I love to highlight here is Rasul Douglas is not great at the cornerback mm. position. He ran a 4-5-9 at the Combine. Now, that was a few years ago. Things change. Marquez Valdez-Scantling in a 4-3-7. You're telling me he's not going to beat Douglas at least once or twice on a deep ball from Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, Marquez Valdez-Scantling I think is going to light him up. I love him this week as a wide receiver 2, wide receiver 3 flex play.
0: Yeah, well, the guy that I put in the first of my two slots, since apparently that's what we're doing this week on wide receivers, is Geronimo Allison. Uh, and for pretty much all the exact same reasons you just read off, um, I'm still not a hundred percent convinced which one of these guys is going to have more value through the course of the season, and basically what it boils down to is that we it's going to probably change week to week, and it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, Jerome John Mileson caught a nice big one. MVS caught a nice big one last week, I believe. Uh, that that was MVS. Yeah, right? that was last week against yeah, uh, yeah. Denver. Yeah. MVS caught the big one last week, so it's going to switch back and forth. I feel like one of these guys is going to get a touchdown almost every week. Um, But you're never going to know which one. So I'm willing to roll out pretty much either. They're both in my wide receiver three range right now. Um, And so I I don't mind starting either of them. But bets, the second guy on both our lists. Oh, mama. He's my wide receiver 20 this week. So I, yes, yes. So I am 100% going to pick Mike Williams over either of the Packers receivers. I, I've i been hiding my love for the past few weeks, bets, because Williams has been okay at best. Keenan Allen has stolen the show, which I was not really looking forward to this season. I really wanted Mike Williams to break out. But now I'm ready. I'm ready to reveal the love that I've been hiding, which all of our listeners probably remember. We've both loved this guy coming into the season. I think this is the week for him. I'm going to go with two touchdowns, 80 yards, Mike Williams against the horrific, and by horrific, I mean straight doo-doo butt, Miami <laughs> Dolphins. Um, I uh, I put together the, uh, the cover pages for our weekly notes packets in the research department of the NFL Network Bets, And I create these rankings uh, visuals where the colors uh, of your ranking change based off how bad or how good you are. So if you're like a top five team against each category, you're going to be green. If you're a bottom five team, you're going to be red. And when you put the dolphins into this thing, it is a straight wall of red all the way down. They are so bad. So listen... This The Chargers are probably going to score 35 to 45 points. They're going to be in the red zone 8 to 18 times this week. And there is no way that one or two of those times, they don't just, boop, throw a little ball to Mike Williams. So, guaranteeing a touchdown, <laughs> hoping for two. Mike Williams, wide receiver 20. He's my real start of the week. Uh, but I had to get in there with you and your Packers guys, too.
1: Yeah, I, like you said, I, I also had him on the dock because I was like, man, I don't know who I want to go with here. So I'm glad that you put both of them on there as well, and we got to talk about them because, yeah, the matchup is absolutely incredible. Um, I agree. Touchdown is coming from Mike Williams this week. He's too good of a player for him not to score a touchdown in the first month of the season after scoring 10 last year. I agree. I think it happens this year. So new question in the mailbag segment here from at the fantasy PT (laughs) on Twitter. Who would you start out of these three in a half PPR?
0: Oh, it's easily Mike Williams for me. No,
1: no, no. I've got it's one other player. So, oh, so Julian oh. Edelman with the ribs, Ooh. Mike Williams, and Marquez
0: Valdez-Scantling. Oh, now it gets more interesting. Let's see where I've got Julian. Oh, my goodness gracious, Betts. I have Edelman and Mike Williams back-to-back in my rankings. Edelman, one spot ahead. Oh, However, I will say that I think Mike Williams has more upside, and Edelman is more of the safe play. So if that makes any difference feel free to take it for what you will. Also, I think that Edelman is unlikely to draw Tredavious White, who's the Bills' best cornerback. So that helps a lot, so I think he'll be okay. I would agree. Obviously, he's my wide receiver 19. Um. All right. Well, that was an enjoyable discussion. Let's move over to tight end, uh, where you are once again hearkening back to the intro of this show, Betts. Yeah. Give me, uh, give me my tight end three on the week. Will
1: Disley, which, again, my goodness. never thought I'd say that. Uh, going on the road to take on the Arizona Cardinals. I've got two Seahawks on my starts of the week, which tells you everything you need to know about the matchup. But we have to put numbers on this because it is surprising how bad the Cardinals are against tight ends in fantasy. Week one, TJ Hawkinson, rookie, first ever NFL start. 22.1 fantasy points finishes the tight end two on the week. Week two, our boy Mark Andrews, 21.2 fantasy points, finished as the overall number one tight end on the week. Last week, your start of the week, Greg Olson, Mm. 22.5 fantasy points, two touchdowns in that game, finished as the tight end one in fantasy on the week. Are you sensing a trend, Okada?
0: I am. It sounds like a very
1: nice trend. And now reading that, Disley being at three seems low, doesn't it? It's almost like he's a lock for a one or a two. (laughs) Uh, So I I might tinker with that that, uh, ranking there. We'll see. But man, the matchup is perfect. Russell Wilson is playing out of his mind, and Will Disley is a touchdown machine. So love him in this matchup. Uh, he's my start of the week.
0: Yeah, that is about as solid of a start as a start of the week as you can get. Bets pretty much all the factors that can go into picking one go into this pick. This is almost a guarantee. Love it. Start him everywhere. Put him in your DFS lineups. Whatever you can. Um, my guy is much more of a shot in the dark than yours. You took the best one that has all the good reasoning behind it. So I'm taking the one that's a little bit more of a gut feel. And I'm going to go ahead and start Eric Ebron this week, bets. He has not been great this year. Uh, he caught one touchdown. That was in week two. Other than that, none. Slightly behind his pace of 13 from last year. But four targets and three catches each of the last two weeks. 47 yards last week was a season high. So he he kind of maybe is picking it up a little bit. It's I don't think Jack Doyle has cemented himself as a clear tight end one on this team. It's kind of just a toss-up between the two. But I feel like the Raiders are a matchup that he can exploit. So obviously Travis Kelsey popped off against them. That's Travis Kelsey. You can't put too much stock into that when you're comparing him to other tight ends, obviously. But 107 yards and seven catches and a touchdown in his game against the Raiders, but then Irv Smith last week. Rookie, sixty yards on three catches, big plays, uh against the Raiders. I think that Ebron can have a similar sort of stat line. I think that he can have some big plays. He's that more of the pass catching obviously, receiver like big receiver like tight end. And I think that those kinds of players can can do some damage to this Raiders defense. So I'm going to go ahead and throw Ebron out there. Uh, I wish it was Andrew Luck because he loves his tight ends more than Brissette does. We're seeing that for sure. But I, I'm willing to start him. I think he can get three, four, maybe five catches, sixty yards, and a touchdown, hopefully, which will 100% make him startable. Yeah, and I don't even think you brought it up with, with T.Y. Hilton
1: being banged up. I honestly would be shocked if he played, and if he did... I can tell you with certainty, he's not going to be 100%. Pulled himself out of the game last week, dealing with that quadriceps strain. So his risk of re-injury is very, very high this week. Um, And if he does sit or get injured again, it definitely opens up a lot of the target share. 25 targets for T.Y. Hilton through the first three weeks. So uh, he's been getting tons of looks in the red zone as well, which could really, really, really help Eric Ebron if T.Y. Hilton is out.
0: Love it. Let's go Ebron. All right. Let's close out the starts of the week with obviously the most important position in fantasy. Which, by the way, I say only partially uh, sarcastically. Because if you started the Patriots against the Dolphins, you no one scored more fantasy points than that pretty much. So it actually can matter if you start defenses in your league. Ergo, bets are defensive starts of the week. Who are you going to pick in week four? I am going to
1: pick the Baltimore Ravens going up against Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns offense, which just like we projected is top five in the league, right? uh, uh not it good. has been ugly. Not good. This offense is broken. Uh, they did really not look good. Ugly. The offensive line is in shambles. I think the the defensive line of the Ravens. He's going to feast in this game. You watch Baker Mayfield every single snap. He's got happy feet. He doesn't trust that line. He's rolling out to his right. It seems like almost on every play. Um, And they just aren't really attacking defenses the way I thought they would from the second half of of what we saw last year. So Ravens got a great matchup against Cleveland.
0: Uh, I'm worried about the Cleveland offense and Baker Mayfield. What about you? Yeah, I'm very worried, actually. It is strange and not pretty what is going on out there. Um, There's this strange thing that Baker's doing, and I don't know why he's doing it, where after like two seconds he starts rolling out for no apparent reason and basically squashes the field for himself, makes it much harder to find open targets, harder to make accurate throws, and ends up either throwing the ball away or making a bad throw more than half the time. And it is... I think, crippling their offense. I don't know why it's happening, but until Freddie Kitchens and Baker Mayfield and the crew out in Cleveland figures out how to get this offense back on track, they're potentially going to be a target on a somewhat weekly basis, if, it, if it's at least a decent defense, which the Ravens are more than def- decent, obviously. Very good defense. Um, so this is a good call, and I'm willing to potentially pick even worse defenses against the Browns until this changes. Uh, My pick, bets is going to be the Tennessee Titans coming up against another supposedly, supposed to be, high-powered offense in the Atlanta Falcons. And the reasoning is twofold. Number one is that the Titans are also a very good, very talented defense. Lots of talent on that side of the ball. But also the Falcons are oddly struggling this year especially in the in the turnover department. Uh they have 7 giveaways or 7 turnovers which is tied no it's solely second in the league behind three teams that have 8, the Dolphins, Bengals and Niners. Uh Matt Ryan is throwing picks like crazy which means great opportunity for pick sixes which is about the best thing that can happen for your fantasy defense and the offensive line still is not great which means opportunity for sacks as well. So I'm willing to roll the Titans out there against the Falcons defense or the Falcons offense and hope for a few turnovers and a couple sacks. That's really all you need to have a good startable asset. Yeah, this defense is solid and and I'm going to talk about it, man. This is like the foreshadowing podcast.
1: Uh, Mm. I feel like everything we've talked about, I will bring up at a later time, so I won't spoil that. But my sit of the week at the running back position uh, is going to go up against this defense.
0: Ah, well. Tell you what, Bets. Let's jump into the sits of the week. We're not going to get to that guy just yet because we have to go quarterbacks first. This is the law of the land. We'll get to your guy in a second. But let's start with QB sits of the week. Oh goodness gracious! I I, I feel like yours is almost too obvious. Yeah, maybe I should have gone go, something else. <laughs> go ahead and tell the listeners who you're advising that they sit in case they haven't figured it out for themselves already. Yeah. Sorry guys, this is this is lazy
1: on my part. But <laughs> Kirk Cousins, there is no way even in a two quarterback league, super flex league should be in your lineup this week. If you're in a super flex and he's your QB2, start another position in the flex because Kirk Cousins is in for a rough week going on the road to take on the uh Du Bears. I should have said it that way. the uh, bears. bears. Big scary bears. Uh who obviously we don't really need to talk about them from a defensive standpoint. They are very very good. Uh, but Kirk Cousins, just 21 pass attempts per game. We talked about it. Uh, I think last week or the week before Dalvin cook, it, he's just too good that they don't need to use Kirk Cousins and the passing attack, which really has hurt. Uh, Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen to a degree. So Kirk Cousins, it's scary, man. And the other thing with this is uh, Vegas has the over under of this game at 38 and a half. So they are definitely not expecting a lot of points to be scored. Uh, <sighs> Uh, Kirk Cousins, man. What a
0: what a rough start to the year. Yeah. Keep him on your bench. Uh bets, I just had to pull it out real quick. Uh 25 quarterbacks have started all 3 games this season for their teams. Kirk Cousins has the fewest completions, the fewest attempts, and the fewest pass yards of all 25 of those quarterbacks. You take your pick. Marcus Mariota, Mitchell Trubisky, Jacoby Brissett? No. All of them have more of all of those categories than Kirk Cousins does. He has been doo-doo trash. Oh, my gosh, is it ugly. And we kind of expected this. We talked in the offseason about how the offense took a shift at the end of last year. Kent tried to fight us on it because he had faith in his team, which, by the way, is doing fine. The Vikings are 2-1, and so this is kind of working for them. And Dalvin Cook is basically basically the best running back in the league right now. So it makes a lot of sense. But it, it hurts Kirk Cousins to no end. He is completely unstartable, in my opinion, until we see huge changes that I honestly don't expect to come at all. And this week against the Bears in Chicago has to be one of the most clear and cut and dry sits of the week I've seen. So that is the best call you pretty much could have made. Listeners, I don't care what you have to do. If you're going to 2QB league, go and find Taysom Hill on the waiver wire. <laughs> start him over Kirk Cousins. Not, not really. Not quite that bad, but almost. That's how bad it is. Uh, my guy bets my set of the week is going to be almost the complete opposite because Tom Brady has been great this year. In fact, he was my start of the week. Uh, was it last week or two weeks ago? Uh, I believe it was last week. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he he's been great. This offense is humming. The only reason I'm calling him a sit of the the week this week is because he's going to be playing in Buffalo against the Bills. Typically, not always, but typically these games for the Patriots are ugly. As a guy, not not the games are ugly, not the Patriots necessarily are ugly. He typically wins. In fact, fun story Tom Brady has more wins at the Buffalo's home stadium than any quarterback in the NFL since he entered the league which includes all the Bills quarterbacks wow. that have played for the Bills in that stadium wow so yeah it's pretty sad he's gonna win the Patriots are gonna win however I think it's gonna be an ugly game it's gonna be in the in the trenches game I'm gonna guess he's gonna throw a pick and they're gonna probably try to mix up Sony Michelle Rex Burkhead uh, and no James Devlin, by the way, which is uh, something we didn't mention at the top of the show because it's really hard to fit James Devlin into a fantasy podcast, but that actually matters for this team and probably for Sony Michelle a little bit. He is a crucial part of their run game. Uh, but anyways, they I do think that they try to slog this one out. It's going to be a little bit messy and ugly, and they pull off the win, but not necessarily on the back of 300 yards and three touchdowns from Tom Brady. So... He's still up towards the QB1 range for me, but it's probably just outside. So I would take a, a few streamers over him and most of your every week starters. And I'm going to go ahead and sit him this week if I can. Uh,
1: Okada, I got to call you out.
0: Oh. Um, when we talked about Antonio Brown briefly,
1: I did bring up James Devlin. So that just tells me oh, that you don't you? listen when I talk. Uh, oh my! God. <laughs> I was probably laughing too much
0: about the Antonio Brown situation to hear what you said. Yeah, I'm just giving uh, you a hard
1: time. I, I agree, man. Yeah. Um, it does definitely affect the offense. I, I think it's, it's an underrated kind of thing that no one is really talking about a lot. But yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be an ugly game. Uh, they're going to grind it out. They're going to win. But I don't think they need him to do a lot to get that win. So I agree. I have him as like a mid-range QB, two. Uh, if you can get a, a better option, maybe uh, a Daniel Jones or a Case Keenum, per se, I would definitely start
0: both of those guys over Tom this week. All righty. Let's move over to the previously foreshadowed running back bets that you have in the Atlanta versus Tennessee matchup.
1: Yeah, it pains me to say this because you and I in our Dynasty League that we co-own together, just made a trade for this player today giving up mm. uh, a second round rookie pick and jordan scarlet for devonta freeman which i'm psyched about let's but go not for this week uh i no. think much better days are ahead for devonta freeman but he's going up against your start of the week at the t- uh the defense position the tennessee
0: titans are very
1: good on the ground did you watch Thursday night football last week
0: I did. I watch it every week because I do the post-game show on it for the network. Getting so paid to football. Yeah. You lucky Isn't son of a it, gun. It's uh, not great.
1: <laughs> anyway, uh, Leonard Fournette absolutely stifled all game mm-hmm. long. At one point, was rushing for negative yards despite having double-digit carries. If it wasn't for that long run he ripped off, he would have had a miserable game. Um, and that just shows you what this defense can do to the running back position. Uh, everyone's excited about the fact that Eto Smith's banged up, dealing with concussion, saying that might open up more opportunity for Freeman. I don't think it does. I think this team knows what they want to do with Freeman. They know how much they want to use him. Like I said, season long, I'm still buying Devonta Freeman low, which we did in that league. But for this week, I think he's okay. I think he's a back end RB two, maybe a flex type of finish on the week. Certainly, I'm not excited about him.
0: But if you don't have a better option, I would understand putting him in your lineup. I'm just tempering my expectations. Yeah, this is a tough one for me. Um, I really am still hoping, obviously, since we just traded a healthy pick for him, that Devontae Freeman comes back to full uh, full strength, full Devontae production for fantasy sometime in the near future. But I'm going to lean with you here that this is not the ideal place to hope for that. I think there's a good chance he has some decently strong plays. Um, and I think that... Hopefully the Falcons start throwing in the ball because if he can get some of these dump offs in open space, that's where he can excel. Um, So hopefully they do that against this Titans defense that has otherwise been stifling. But if they don't, it's very likely could be very ugly, very quick. Uh, That Fournette performance you were talking about, I think that was like late into the fourth quarter that he had negative yards and then one play saved him, which is... Yeah, it was ugly. Very, very, very ugly. So I'm going to avoid Devontae if I can. Good call. Um, I'm going to go with a kind of a similar situation. Another running back that we kind of had some hopes for going up against a tough defense who has underwhelmed so far this year. and That's David Montgomery of the Chicago Bears. Uh, I don't know what the Bears are doing, man. It is a Neither does Matt baffling. Yeah. <laughs> yes, very true. He does not know what he is doing. Because for some reason, he is unwilling to feed this guy. Um, and it has really hurt Montgomery's fantasy value. He's he's produced with the touches he's got. Last week, uh, I believe it was Monday, the Monday night game. Yeah, the Monday night game against Washington. He had 67 rushing yards on only 13 carries. But the problem was he only got 13 carries. And they had this game in the bag for a long time. And for some reason, refused to just ride him uh, to victory. And the Redskins started to come back towards the end of that game, by the way. Uh, so I don't know what they're doing. But until I see a change there where they start to feed Montgomery, I'm going to be hesitant to start. him. not going to say that I won't put him out there in a typical week, but I'm going to be hesitant. This week, he's going up against a Vikings defense. We did see Aaron Jones have a great game against a Vikings defense. However, we also saw Josh Jacobs and the previously discussed Devontae Freeman have very, very bad games against this defense. So I'm going to chalk Aaron Jones up to the greatness of Aaron Jones that similar to Nagy, his coach refuses to acknowledge. Gosh darn it, NFL coaches, please give more touches to your best running backs. Uh, But I think this defense is very, very good. I think that they're going to this is going to be a nasty game, bets. I haven't looked at the over-under because it's very illegal for me to do so as a, <laughs> a, an employee of the NFL Network. But I'm sure that it's low and that this is going to be probably one of the lowest scoring games of the week. Highly defensive and highly uh, ugly to watch. So I'm going to try to avoid David Montgomery and sit him. He's going to be outside my RB2 range for sure. Uh, so avoid if possible.
1: Yeah, I don't understand what Nagy is doing. I mean, it looks like he's trying too hard. Like he's pressing. He's doing too much. Trying to be too creative, and that's kind of been his claim to fame is is being that mastermind of an offense, uh, uh, you know, scheme perspective. But yeah, I mean, it's obvious. Look at the tape. Watch the guy play. He was my start of the week last week because the matchup was ideal. Everything I said, I was like, they're gonna dominate. They're gonna grind it out in the second half. He's gonna be getting the ball, and he, he took to the you know the fourth quarter before it actually happened. So. Uh, sorry, everyone. I'll take the L on that, but yeah, man, I, I want to see it first before I can actually trust him in the, my lineup. So I agree with you. I would keep him on the bench, uh, this week. But like I said, I am optimistic. Better days are ahead for Montgomery.
0: All right, bets. Let's close it out. The stretch of the week with the wide receiver position. Uh, we are returning to two games that we have returned to quite often on this podcast, which by the way, is a good clue and hint to all you listeners. Uh, Betts has mentioned the over-under a couple times. I mentioned it on this last um, position. Find the ugly games with the low over-unders, and it is likely that you're going to want to sit a lot of guys in those games. This is just a good way to start researching on your own uh, for the guys we don't pick in these segments, for the players you want to sit. So Betts and I, Betts picked another player from the Thursday night football game because of the defensive prowess of the Packers. I picked another player from this ugly Vikings-Bears game. So Betts, start us off with your guy. Yeah,
1: my guy is Alshon
0: Jeffrey, and this is mostly
1: to do with, like you said, the matchup, but also because of injury. I talked about it at the start of the show where we talked about injury updates. Alshon Jeffrey carries a high risk of re-injury with this calf strain. Uh, He's a guy who's dealt with soft tissue injuries for most of his career, and it seems to be coming back again for him. So there's an injury risk, which makes me hesitant to put him in your lineup. But this Green Bay secondary has been fantastic. They've given up less than 200 passing yards per game. And despite the fact that I love Carson Wentz, and I think he gets, I think he gets more than that in this game. If it's not Alshon, he's got other options, like you said, in Agalor, uh, obviously Zach Ertz. I don't know Alshon has enough volume and is safe enough to put in your lineup this week. For me, he's like a back end wide receiver three. I can understand again if you have to start him, but for me, I'm looking elsewhere if I can.
0: Yeah, I don't hate it. Uh quick question: Would you who's who's if all of the Eagles? pass catchers play forget not counting Zach Ertz. who would who would be most happy to start if all of them would play who would i be most happy to start yes half
1: ppr can i count Zach Ertz? no i'm not counting Zach Ertz. dang it uh yeah yeah no I easy could... answers here <laughs> i feel like out
0: of that those options i would probably go nelson aguilar yeah i think i would too which is sad for alshon and jacks uh so i i like to sit there all right I'm going to close this out with a guy mentioned at the very, very top of the show bets in your poll of disappointing players. My goodness, has he been disappointing. It's Stefan Diggs Uh, has had one good game this year. And that was on the back of one single catch that went for 49 yards and a touchdown outside that one catch. He's been very bad for the entire season. Uh, Besides that one catch over three games combined, he has five catches for 52 yards total over three games outside that one catch. Gross. And no touchdowns Gross. outside that one catch. So his entire fantasy value, which is very bad, what did you say? Wide receiver 67, I think? Wide
1: receiver 67, yeah.
0: Yeah. That's uh, that's all because of a single play. So it is not something that that I you can rely on right now in the entire Minnesota situation from a, a passing perspective, is really rough right now. We talked about it with Kirk Cousins. Uh, we've made a little mini stack here between your Cousins and my digs. I am not willing to start digs until I see something drastic happen in that offense. Uh, and this is up against the Bears in Chicago. Same reasons for Kirk Cousins here. They have a great secondary. This is going to be an ugly game, and I am unless Diggs makes another one of those single great plays. He he had seven targets in week two bets and caught one of those balls. That's the kind of thing you're going to have to get in this matchup to get any fantasy value out of him, and I'm not willing to bet on that. So unfortunately, despite the fact that I have him everywhere and drafted him in the first few rounds in several leagues, uh, yep. I'm going to sit Diggs. Yeah, fortunately, I don't own a ton of Diggs this year. I went in on Thielen
1: which has been fine, but regardless, yeah, I agree with you. You have to really see it first before you can buy into the volume and buy into uh, the opportunity there because for digs, like you said, it's not a matter of talent. It is truly just situation, terrible matchup, not getting the targets, bad quarterback play. Yeah, I agree.
0: He's on my bench this week. Sad day. All right, bets. let's close out the show with a mailbag. Let's talk about the mail. Can we talk about the mail, please, Mac? I'm dying to talk about the mail with you all day, okay? Hey. All right. We got a few questions, bets, coming in from a few different places. We're going to kick it off, though, with one of our Patreon subscribers and his question, which, in case you guys don't know, if you subscribe to our Patreon, not only do you get an extra episode and access to our Slack channel, which is awesome. But any questions you ask in our Slack channel get automatic priority onto our podcast. So if you want to hear us answer your question on the pod, that is the best path to take. Mitchell Amstutz asks on our Patreon, Am I crazy for wanting to start Case Keenum over Baker Mayfield this week? Baker has just been, insert vomiting emoji. Uh, (laughs) bets we have... Addressed both of these players, and I made Case Keenum my start of the week. So I think you know my answer. I am one hundred percent willing to go Keenum over Baker this week. Thoughts? Yeah, Case Keenum right now ranked as my QB eleven on the week. Hmm. Uh, Baker Mayfield QB twenty three. I would go Keenum. Wow, wow. All right. Uh, from at totally awesome, totally underscore awesome technically. Would you accept Zach Ertz and Christian Kirk in a trade for Devontae Adams? Oh I know what I would I know what
1: I would do here. All right, hit us. Devontae Adams was my wide receiver one heading into draft season. I'm sticking by. He has had an extremely tough matchup to start the season against top tier talent at the cornerback position. So this week on Thursday Night Football is a get right game against the Eagles secondary, which is struggling to say the least.
0: I would definitely still take Adams in this situation. What about you? Um, This is so quick note to all you question askers. If you can include a bit of context on your roster, especially with the tight end related questions, that can be key. Because if you have absolutely no one to put in the tight end position, if you're starting Vernon Davis on a weekly basis, it makes a big difference, um, which I expect is probably the case here since he's trying to go get Zach Ertz. This is really tough for me, Betts. Uh, I feel like Ertz is going to be the most reliable pass catcher in that offense for the entire season. Devontae Adams has been obviously lackluster. I do agree that better things are ahead for him. Christian Kirk also maybe helps a little bit. He's kind of potentially flexible. Hopefully he progresses a little bit also. I really want to say Ertz and Kirk, but I'm going to stick with you. I'm going to say Adams. He's just too good. There's too much ahead, and I don't want to sell low on Devontae Adams, which is what you'd be doing here. So... I'll go ahead and side with you on this one, Betts. Love it. Uh, uh, last question. Coming in from at Sandy underscore Luz25. I don't know what that means. Uh, Lockett Watkins Cup Beckham. Half point PPR. Bench one. Wow. First of all, Is I don't this know if you really need to be league? asking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, I don't know if you need to be asking us for any advice because clearly you know what you're doing. Uh, In fantasy, this is a delicious wide receiver roster. Wow, Betts, this is tough. Does somebody stand out to you? Oh,
1: gosh. I'm going to look at my rankings
0: while you think. I
1: feel like these are all must-starts. So, yeah, I I really wish I could give you a great answer. I'll tell you my locks in my lineup. That is Tyler Lockett, uh, which I didn't even try that. My lock is Lockett. Uh, Ah. Going up against the Cardinals. I talked about the matchup with Disley uh, and with Chris Carson. So, you love that. For me, I feel like Sammy Watkins also has to be a lock in your lineup going up against Detroit. It's Patrick Mahomes. You want to start your pieces in that offense. So for me, it's down to Cup and Beckham, and that's that's pretty tough. What do you, what do you say about those two?
0: Well, Betts, I just checked my rankings. Are you ready for this? I know you really love Cooper is, Cup. It, yeah, really is Sandy Luz ready for this? <laughs> in order that he lifted them My rankings this week for these four wide receivers, Lockett, 6, Watkins, 9, Cup, 10, Beckham, 12. These are all top 12 (laughs) receivers in my rankings. Are you kidding me? Uh and just by process of elimination I'm sitting Odell Beckham Jr at the wide receiver 12 in my rankings. Uh go make a trade I guess. Yeah, I go get, go it, get
1: yourself a top tier tight end or running back with those yeah. stud receivers. That
0: is fantastic. This, this is crazy. Um yeah, I guess it's sit Beckham for me. Did you are you going to make a choice here? By the way, can I just say I am so it warms my insides that Cooper Cup has become the Rams number one receiver for the entire fantasy community finally after I've been touting it for years so happy yeah he looks
1: absolutely explosive and the other thing is the relationship that he and Goff have is undeniable especially in the red zone so yeah I love Cup there I I think I have to side with you I agree I have Beckham as my wide receiver 11 uh this week but I have Cup right above him at 10 so oh my god yeah sit Beckham. crazy what what are we doing
0: why are we saying that what is happening? <laughs> oh my gosh. Seriously though, the right answer to this question, Sandy, is to make a trade. Uh and this is a great example for all all you fantasy players of when you want to actually make trades. Like some people just want to make trades cuz it's fun, some people want to fill a hole. This is a good time, this is a good situation to look to make a trade. When you have this good of depth at one position where you have to actually sit someone in the top 12, go and fill I don't care if the rest of your team is really good. Go upgrade one of those other positions with one of these guys. Probably the one that has the most for sale value, which is probably Odell Beckham, and he's the lowest in the rankings for me, so he'd be the one I'd be looking to deal probably. Uh, all right, Bets, that wraps up the pod for today, the Thursday pod. Do you have any final words before we say ta-ta and go watch the Packers-Eagles stomping that I'm afraid you're going to not enjoy? I hope you are wrong.
1: From the bottom of my heart, this is a must-win game for the Eagles, so they they have to walk out of Lambeau with a win. Uh, Good luck to everyone in week four. Uh, We're going to go record our Patreon pod, and if you asked us a question this week, because of time constraints, we'll answer that on our Patreon pod. If you want to get access to that and access to our Slack channel, where you can literally talk to Okada and I every single day of the week about anything you want, fantasy
0: football or not, uh, go hit us up at patreon.com slash pod. All right, Bess, you have asked me some surprise questions at the beginning of the show. I'm going to ask you a surprise question at the end of the show. Not fantasy related, just NFL related. As we enter the quarter mark of the season, who is your Super Bowl matchup? I mean, how can you not say the Patriots
1: at this point? You can't. Uh, From the AFC, they have looked fantastic. From the NFC, that's tough because I was pretty high on the Eagles. I was pretty high on the Bears going in. I think the Packers are sneakily elevating themselves to a point where you have to talk about them as a contender because of the poor play of the Bears offense and because of the fact that their defense is fantastic this season. So I think their fantastic uh, defensive play excuse me, combined with the fact that you still have Aaron Rodgers on the other side of the ball makes this team a contender.
0: Mm, Welcome aboard. Uh, That's mine too. So we'll wrap it up with that. Excellent excellent choices, Bets. Beautiful. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Thank you all for uh, subscribing. If you're not already, then I don't thank you yet, because you're going to have to do it (laughs) first to receive that thank you. So smash the subscribe button. Also, if there's a review button on your listening app of choice, which I'm pretty sure there is, hit that too and leave us a review. We love to get reviews and ratings. It helps out the podcast. It makes us feel happy inside. Uh, We appreciate it. So... With that being said, and until next week, unless you're a Patreon subscriber, we are the Red Shirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out our website, RedShirtsFantasyFootball.com.